He's so hype. <laughs> Welcome all. We're here with uh, Alex uh, doing scare dances. <laughs> this is This is episode number 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 ninety five. I'm here with editor in chief over at Crackberry, Mr. Blaze. How you doing, man? I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah, I saw your Instagram, man. Getting a little uh, yes, yes, I saw that. A wild there, man. It's Back my cousin's birthday, out. so you know some strange things happened and. Some stuff may need to be deleted at a later point in time. <laughs> Blaze is like, I'm probably already drinking, and he texts me, like, my boy's birthday. So I'm thinking it's, like, his son, and <laughs> there's, like, a lot of alcohol. So I'm like, dang, well. <laughs> and then it kind of came to me as I'm looking through his Instagram and see more that uh, he actually means, like, his buddy, his boy, like, you know, my boy. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, we're also here with Brandon Orr. He's over there keeping it cool in Canada as well. How you doing, man? What's up? Pretty good. Can't complain. It was good to have you on. We're also here with Alex. I don't, Alex what were you doing, Alex? I don't know. Just just trying to uh, recover from last night, so I got to like get get my juices flowing, dance a little bit, you know. Same old, same old. You went out. You went out. You had some drinks. How about it? It's fun. It's good to get out there every now and then because I'm normally a hermit, so... Uh, it's good to go out there and, and hang out with people and, you know, good times, so. Yeah, man, I mean, like, you can't just be on Tinder the whole time. you got to be out there. And no, you got to be, be, uh, be at the, the party on Tinder. Scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I understand the whole thing now, you know. Yeah. At least be in public while you're on Tinder. Don't be in your room <laughs> on Tinder. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I can just see you, like, very aggressively, like, left-swiping people or, <laughs> or, or, excuse me, right-swiping everyone just for. Oh, so, yeah. It's efficient. Yeah. yeah, it's more efficiency. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So let's get started, gentlemen. This is, we're covering the weeks of April the 10th to the 17th, so we're going to go through that week in BlackBerry news. We see Servomex selects QNX to power its next-gen safety-critical gas analyzers. thought this one was pretty cool. Good to see QNX kind of keeping on the PR as they get those deals and as those deals come through. I thought it was kind of cool to see... Because you know you you know the stuff exists, but you don't really know like the company name behind who's doing this stuff. So it was kind of cool to see this specific application, gas analysis. You know, it's like such a mundane thing for us, but it is cool to see that there is a kind of venue for this kind of service. And their Servomex actually has like a lot that they do, and they have a lot of different kinds of gas analyzers, which I was pretty uh, you know, it's always cool to see the stuff that QNX is in that I have no idea about that even exists. And then to go look at it and see, like, wow, this is actually a really, really big company doing a lot of different things. So I thought it was pretty cool. What do you guys think about, like, gas analyzers, QNX being used toward that end in the industrial sense? You know, it's just an, another one of those things that QNX has that nobody <laughs> actually really considers. I mean, you know, we could go on and on about how much stuff QNX is actually in, but, I mean... At least I went ahead and I made this agreement and put it out there, so we know that there's some continuation going on with their partnership, and hopefully they'll be able to go ahead and maintain that business for you know many many years. It's not very sexy, I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. It's kind of like all all of the other stuff that comes up for Q and X. It's not yeah. very sexy. It's like it's like it comes up in your newsfeed, and you're like, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's important, but yeah, it's important. It's, but, I mean, yeah. it's not exactly on the top of people's mind and yeah. interest levels. So, what what more can you really say about it? Yeah, right? exactly. Show me the money. 
Right. <laughs> How much are you making off of that? <laughs> what I thought was interesting is that this is kind of their next generation of these gas analyzers for Servomex and continuing to go with QNX as their partner there. So it's interesting, you know, that again, QNX is this foundation that allows these companies to continue to innovate and revamp their own platforms. So it is cool to see QNX involved in this stuff. You know, I'm glad at least that the PR is going out so that the industries that care and other QNX partners get to see this stuff. So I'm definitely happy that it continues to happen and that this stuff continues to hit out there on the news feeds. <laughs> but then, you know, we get stuff that hits the news feed that's, like, literally six years old, and I really get <laughs> Like, I really get upset about it. <laughs> this is uh, – and, Blaze, it's funny because you sent me this, like, before the storm hit, like, before everyone else posted it. So this whole uh, BlackBerry's global decryption he obtained by Canadian police in 2010, one – it seems like something we've heard before because we have heard this before. Yeah, <laughs> multiple times. And we already know that BlackBerry supports lawful access, you know, that they're going to be good citizens first, good business second. So it, it, whether, you know, obviously John Chen wasn't even a part of the company at this time. So to, co to call it prevalent news is really just to curtail it and put it as a linchpin on this whole Apple FBI and encryption news. It it's so passe, and it seems at this point the actual like article and the way it actually happened was pin to pin messaging. So then people throw that on as BBM, and then they throw that on as BlackBerry itself, and it's like, come on, it's not. Who even uses the pin to pin messaging? I well, I used it once by accident. Indonesian spam. <laughs> yeah. Apparently criminals and the Canadian government, which basically yeah. put out a, a warning years ago not to use it for any any confidential uh, communications or anything like that. But I mean, it's I'm not I'm not gonna like be totally outraged and say that this should never have been brought up because it is still a relevant conversation. And they, you know, the Vice article did add some new information to the table. But it's just really not that interesting because it's something that, you know, like James said, this is like six-year-old news that's just being drug up at a at, at basically a pretty opportune time to go ahead and make it more relevant than what it actually is. But no, know, what, the, though, to to play devil's advocate, I mean, any good journalist would bring this up at this time, especially with all the controversy with Apple having to give over access to the FBI. I mean, a good journalist. I mean, they're just doing their job. Um, essentially, I mean, it's not. There's no. It, it, they're basically saying that it's not like there isn't any precedent, uh, precedent for uh, for this stuff. So, I mean, the fact that BlackBerry gave them access in 2010, it kind of puts everything into perspective. It kind of. Uh, you know, kind of shows that BlackBerry gave them access, and the sky hasn't been fallen for the past six years. So I mean, yeah, you but, know, maybe there's uh, some some amount of trust we can have in the government. I don't know. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but at the same time, it wasn't presented as that. You know what I mean? Like it, it they, they, Vice never presented it as something that was, you know, don't, here this is relevant to the situation. Let's go ahead and discuss it. They presented yeah. it as was totally brand new, like nobody had ever heard about it before, when that really isn't the case at all. And yeah. like I said, it, there are still bits and pieces of that conversation that are absolutely relevant um, that, you know, Vice essentially brought forward. 
because, I mean, even when you look at the BBM security profile and stuff like that, I mean, the, that encryption key is still, maybe not necessarily that encryption key, because I don't, I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying, because I really genuinely don't know. Um, but the encryption key process is still very much a crucial part of how BBM works. I saw some comments, people were like, oh, well, that's old news, that is on biz, and it doesn't reflect biz, and it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, that is kind of sort of true, but if you look at the actual breakdown of how BBM works, even BlackBerry still shows it uh, on, like, the, the BBM security um, profile thing that you can download from the BlackBerry website, that the BBM encryption key is still very much of their process, even on... BlackBerry 10, yeah, they use TLS and they use other fundamental program portions of that, but the the encryption key itself is still a very much a part of the actual process, um, especially on BlackBerry 10 devices, and it's still listed as being available or something that's available on Android devices as well. So it's still very much a part of the BBM ecosystem and how things are secured. It's just that they have alternative security measures in place as well. It's no longer simply relying on that, that BBM encryption key solely. They have other pertinent stuff that keeps the thing secure. But at the same time, you also have to look at the situation. Everybody's like, oh, well, BBM, BBM. Well, like, there's a reason why BBM protected exists as well. Because if you think about it, if you, if you went through your life thinking that BBM on its own was totally, you know, encrypted and secure communications and there was no problems with it, nobody could snoop those messages, well then why would you even need such a service as BBM Protected? You know what I mean? Like why did BlackBerry go ahead and introduce BBM Protected mm -hmm. if BBM on its own straight out of the box on every other device was sufficient enough? Like you just have to think about that. It doesn't make sense. Of course, there's a reason why BBM Protected exists, because it offers a higher level of security than what BBM does, just like Bez offers a higher level of security, right? You just have to yeah. sit back and think about it rationally, and, and, you know, I don't think a lot of people have actually done that. And like I said, it is old news, but it's still relevant, and it's not... I, I don't agree that it's something that should be like swept under the carpet or you know totally dismissed. But at the same time, you're not going to get any actual information um, from BlackBerry about it either. You're not going to get anything from the RCMP. It's kind of like it's one of those things that's going to be left up for debate amongst those who actually care because BlackBerry won't comment on it. They're I'm not going to come out with it. They can't legally comment on it, right? So. I'm glad that they because they, they could have done something in just a very vague way, yeah. You know, and I'm glad they didn't. Like you know, the whole thing with the the security email, right? That was obviously talking about Hillary Clinton in that whole uh, you know conversation, but they did it in a very kind of general way. But I'm glad again that they they left it be as is because it's just so far in the past that I really bringing it up is not going to do any benefit to them. Whatsoever. Yeah, you know, it I mean, is. There's very little that can be added to the conversation by actually revisiting it. I mean, it's, it just seems silly. Yeah, and I feel like there's bound to be... I mean, a company 
even as big as BlackBerry that focus so much on security, like there are bound to be little problems here and there. And like for this to be, it was in 2012 or whatever. And like you're saying, it's pin to pin. Like it's, and you bring up the good point too. Like BBM protected exists for a reason. If you need that extra layer of security, I mean, alternatively, BBM it's free software. Uh, like yes, WhatsApp just added like an, an encryption and everything like that. Um, and it's free software as well, but they kind of have a different focus. Like they're trying, they have their own motives. WhatsApp, you know, in order to build these connections and then eventually monetize them, whatever they're doing. But like BBM, we don't really even know what their their end goal is. Um, and I guess we'll see from that. But for a free platform, for as little problems as we've seen come up from the security end, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And you know, it's just echoing what everything's been said, but. Uh, let's, I guess, just want to get past this already. It's right. ridiculous. <laughs> it, it brings up to me a kind of area for BlackBerry that I think, and you know, I think we might have covered this in our last after show t to a small degree, but I would love to see them make a, an acquisition on the messaging side of their business. Mm -hmm. Be it, you know, very, very security focused, but I think especially with the way we have Slack and some of these other, you know, business IMs growing, BBM protected only makes more sense to kind of steer in that direction to try to gain market share. I'd love them to bolster the messaging side of the business, consumer and or just the business enterprise side of it, and really bring BBM to a place where it can be successful outside of its general scope. Like right now, I'm, I'm so I'm just so done with stickers. Like I can't even tell you guys. Like when stickers first came out, I was all about them. I was buying every single one, and then it was just like too much, right? Yeah. Now I have way too many stickers going on. And I'm looking at BBM, and it's like I'm so much interested in these other messaging platforms because they have so much more to offer. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I could go over to another messaging cl a client like Slack, but it's again where your contacts are. And it's so interesting to see, like even now, you know, there's some people who I just would prefer to talk to on BBM as opposed to something like an SMS. So when it comes into this conversation of you know how a decryption key was or wasn't obtained, there was just not enough information for me in the Vice article to find it as relevant as quote unquote the exclusive was. You know, they were they got to look at some of the um some of the pictures from the actual like court case and things like that that unveiled a little bit more of the overall system and how things worked, which I thought was interesting. That's new information, right? But the way the whole piece was kind of put together for me was just a little bit left a little bit of a bad taste. Mainly because a lot of it was left a little bit speculative. They were saying, you know, we don't know whether these keys are, you know, in use or not anymore. But if they are, you know, what does that mean for BlackBerry? And at the end of the day, I don't think it means too much, right? Because at the end of the day, they worked on a legal ground with the Canadian police for whatever access was given. And again, we don't know specifically the details therein either. So it's just a really kind of interesting place for us consumers to look at this kind of news as it comes about. Because at the end of the day, it affects us so little. Yet it is something we're going to hear kind of attached to BlackBerry now. Um, I'm hoping that we don't get more of this coming in the future. Yeah. I can almost you may hear like a couple things here and there. We know, you know, obviously they opened up like a center in India so that they could help monitor some of those traffic means. But that was a, an agreement they came to together, right? And BlackBerry built those systems for them. So what I don't want is people to take news like this and then continue to rehash it you know bringing it up okay you brought it up it's been syndicated now everywhere but when we start hearing more and more stuff like this I think then it starts to tarnish some of the kind of uh, 
perception that BlackBerry has around them in, in that security aspect. Brandon, well, what are some of your me, thoughts on the recovery? Yeah, let me just expand on that. Like, BlackBerry is a business. I mean, uh, and when you consider that most of their business relies on government and enterprise contracts, why would they bite the hand that feeds them? I mean, BlackBerry isn't in the game of changing public policy to do with, you know, security. Um, that's not their job. It's people's job to demand that from the government and put that into law. So the fact that BlackBerry is giving lawful access, they're not doing anything against the law. They're not doing anything behind people's backs that isn't lawful. Um, they're just playing along with the law. So, I mean, if people are really upset about stuff like that, I don't think it's BlackBerry or Apple's place to be demanding these changes and forcing these down the government's throat. I think it's people to, that have to take it up uh, with the government and, and make sure that they vote and elect the people that support with the, uh, a future where they're, they don't have these types of laws. It's, it's just... That's my thought on it. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think it's nice to know that companies like BlackBerry, like Apple, will say no when the line is crossed, right? Because at the end of the at the end of the day, we are consumers buying these, you know, these third party handsets, connecting to third party services through an open internet, right? There's so many different layers. So it's good to know at least that when I put my money into a piece of hardware that I'm getting not just the software and the hardware, but I'm also getting a company who, at the end of the day, is going to try to defend my privacy to the best of their ability. And that's something that I genuinely believe BlackBerry will always try to do. Now, I can't necessarily guarantee those same things, right, or have that same kind of conviction with other OEMs because I don't know where their interests truly lie. It is interesting, I think, that Apple has gone out and done a lot to showcase the security measures that they have done. The Apple put out a, a white paper talking about all the security and did a press conference and everything showing really in depth what iOS does. And basically they tout that this phone is completely ours in every single way. So our security is pretty robust because we can control almost every aspect of the phone. That goes down to a coprocessor for security. I mean it's a pretty robust system, right? I do like that this kind of conversation at the very least is becoming more and more prevalent. Because I think it leaves BlackBerry's kind of core, core staying power in the market and in the consumer eye. Security continues to matter. It matters for Apple. It matters for BlackBerry. And because now BlackBerry is running Android, it's going to continue to you know, be of value for Google and Microsoft as well. And I think if we're really going to find ourselves in a place where the IoT can actually come about, security has to be a foundation to that. I mean, it absolutely has to be. So... Aside from that whole you know, decryption key and the skeleton key, I wanted to move to BlackBerry Priv actually going in sale on, um, in Mexico on Amazon. What did you guys think about that little bit of news? Access is always good. I mean, Priv's almost in, I think, like 20 to 25 different countries right now, if not more. Do you think this type of stuff is going to continue to add value for BlackBerry in terms of the actual distribution channels? As once some of these pockets are opened in these regions, I think it's going to be more easy to bring other devices into it. Alex, what are some of your thoughts on it? Getting priv into some of these localities, you know, getting it south of the border. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't really know enough about, um, I guess, purchasing, how purchasing power and, like, who's buying what to 
vices in, say, Mexico or something, but it's always good for them to expand. I mean, there's never going to be anything you know, wrong with that. Realistically, are people going, you know, I, I guess I don't know the demographic good enough either, because, like, is there a high-end Android demographic that, you know, is in that area or not? Because, I mean, yes, once they actually do their other two mid-tier devices, already having this distribution channel and just adding to it, great. But as for priv sales, is going to help it? I don't really think so. It it, it won't hurt. They'll probably get a bit from it, but I don't. I don't it's I don't think it's going to change much. You know, like you said, it, it probably won't hurt them at this point to continue the broadening of that distribution. Yeah. Whether it pulls in massive numbers, I think is beyond beside the point. I'm really more interested in getting those channels open and then seeing what else we can start throwing through them. So that's at least good things to see as those sales start to pick up. Yeah. You know, it would be nice if we got more of a breakdown. I know, like, for BBM, they break down some of the Latin American numbers as opposed to kind of the whole and things like that. I'd love more of, like, regional information on yeah. different aspects of BlackBerry in different regions, be it sales, be Because I, th- I feel like if they were more open with some of these pieces of information, more people would talk about it. And if that happens, I think it can start changing kind of the perception in some of these areas, especially if you have users in Indonesia and Latin America who are using your product to talk about it a little bit more, you know, toot your own horn. Yeah, well, I mean, Mexico's a pretty big market. Like, <clears throat> in terms of all the countries in the world, it's got one of the highest populations. It's got about 122 million people, and that's uh, that's yeah. only, well, I'm saying only, but that when you compare it with Brazil, which is a much bigger country and one of those one of the most populous countries that has 200 million people and Mexico's you know, much smaller in size and everything, uh, I mean, that's a pretty sizable market. Whether they get a huge uptick or not in, in people buying the device, just the fact that it's available there means it has more exposure to 122 million more people, which is 122 million more people than had it before. A question that price, man. I mean, that's a pretty high price for people yeah. that actually do live in Mexico. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we generally we get a good good gauge of how well the pricing will actually be, or how well the pricing is working out, just by the comments that come once you know pricing is announced. And it's you know there has there have been some region. Well, it's not really fair to say. But there has been some regions that have been more willingly accepting of the actual price for the print than others. But, you know, uh, when it comes to India, India hated their price. Mexico hated the price. I mean, even even in Canada, Canadians hated the price. And uh, it's a hard pill to swallow at that price, man. They what do you realistically to- think they could bring it down to? Um, I mean, obviously... The, like whatever it costs to build the phone is one thing, but then there's all the R and D that goes into it, and then the sales that goes into marketing. Yes, they're not doing much of that, but like, what realistically should they, can they sell this phone at? Do you think? I don't know. It really does depend upon the actual agreements that are in place with carriers and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, when it comes down to it, they could probably sell it through carriers definitely for cheaper, but I don't think. I don't think, um, you know, if anybody is counting on getting a substantially lower price on Shop BlackBerry, that's just simply not going to happen. I mean, I, I kind of predicted the the fifty dollar drop actually being 
as far as they would go, and that seems to be the the sweet spot for them. They dropped it down to fifty bucks, and that was it. Like they're not going any further at this point in time. And, and you know, I think now would probably be one of the times that they they would at least start considering it, you know, especially after the earnings call, because you know. Chen said that the price was a little bit too high, so why not go ahead and lower it? But I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, it it, it basically it comes down to what agreements do they have in place? How much are they charging the carriers, and how much the carriers are subsidizing it? There's a lot of a lot of paperwork and behind the scenes action when it comes down to price. But I don't know, man. I think I think for anybody, they need to be able to go ahead and get it to somewhat of a reasonable price on contract through carriers. Like we saw 299 is pretty much the the standard for Bell and Rogers now in Canada. And even I don't know man, even looking at that as a Canadian who has dealt with Canadian carriers before, even that still seems like a little bit of a high price for me if I was to go out and purchase it as a new buyer. You know how many other devices is there that are, are priced in that exact same range? It's 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 competitive market, especially when it comes to Android devices. Actually, one of the the things that I think you want to try to tailor pricing to the given markets, but at the end of the day, you can't. You know, it is a set price, or else some of those other markets are going to look. At the price as a little bit of a you know a slap in the face, yeah. kind of like discounts not coming for Canada. You know, it's like, yeah, yikes. So the way you handle some of those regions, you have to be very careful because of the price sensitivity. And, that, and that's a good point for you to bring up, Alex. So we we saw some videos coming on BlackBerry's YouTube talking about the Enterprise Technical Expert, the series they're doing, talking about Bez 12 and Good and the integration. And have any of you guys checked out any of this video series whatsoever? No. How yeah, does Alex gave the look like, um, what? <laughs> Alex is like, what, new videos? I don't know what you're talking about. And I never actually watch them because, you know, the enterprise side is not exactly very interesting. I have no access to to the majority of the stuff that they discuss in the, in the videos. But, I mean, it's another one of those cases where the resources are there for the people who are actually interested in it, and I think that's pretty crucial to actually go ahead and have. I mean, anytime, anytime somebody is looking for information and they can't find information, that's instantly a problem in, in your, your sales plan. Like, people should have access to the information as soon as they want it, you know, whether it be on your website, whether it be through YouTube or whatever. I'm subscribed to BlackBerry on YouTube, and I'm, like, their last video was two months ago. What do they have a like an enterprise BlackBerry channel or something? Yeah, this is yeah, this is it's a BlackBerry help and the video oh. listed. So yeah. well, that's why I haven't seen it. Okay, it's kind of the point I wanted to bring up that they have a lot of these resources, but it seems like they're not necessarily putting them out there for everyone. But they're still there and available. So I wonder like what channels or maybe what back end sites or things like that are these things actually being hosted so that people can actually see them. It's kind of an interesting uh, quandary for us to go over. A lot of the videos are just going over kind of the basics of what Bez 12 and the Good Dynamics platform can kind of do together in talking workflows, processes, and different tools while people are on the go. One of the things that I've noticed and appreciated about the videos is that all of it seems to kind of keep in line with BlackBerry's overall marketing, and it talks and shows people 
you know, actually using this stuff, using and going through and actually being mobile with some of these applications and different services, which I think is pretty cool. Because at the end of the day, if you put someone behind a cubicle and they're using this software, it's just less sexy, you know. And at the end of the day, if people are moving, using, and actually going out and getting stuff done on the go, and I think it elevates the overall product and the delivery of it too from a marketing perspective. So that at least is pretty good. Maybe BlackBerry will go get that together on the uh, on the YouTube side so that it's a little bit more uh, open and accessible for everyone. You know there. There was just a post like on the BlackBerry blog not too long ago where they were talking about like best CRMs and things to use and there's like a now good CRM like by the company Good or whatever and they were showing like the mobile app and things and um, I'm like really familiar with CRMs. I pay attention to a lot of the competitors out there right now and it was a bit worrisome like looking at it because the app looked kind of outdated. It didn't look that great and it's like you know, they finally got it ported over to Android, so now there's an Android version of it. And I just wonder, like, is are they trying to sell it as, like, really secure, like the data inside of the CRM is more secure than the competitors? Because compared to, like, you know, Salesforce is a big giant in this category, but, you know, there's so many startups now with CRMs doing phenomenal work, and I, I, I worry that, like, are they putting a lot of eggs in this basket with, like, good, um, for instance, like the CRM, it just doesn't look that, is a smaller, large business. It just doesn't look that competitive, really. So, like, do you have any idea about that? At the end of the day, it's probably one of their partners, and they just want to showcase that partner, mm -hmm. you know? So, in terms of trying to sell you on the very, very, very best CRM applications, probably not. They just want to have something right. available. They want to show you that if you use us, you can get an application like this. Mm -hmm because our partners have come together and helped made it available, you know? It's, it's yeah. really more of a, an upselling on the partnerships and the goodwill of, hey, you did this for me, let me showcase it for you type mm -hmm. thing. But I totally agree that they could be using their channels to focus and highlight on some of those aspects, you know? Show me what are some of the top productivity apps on Priv, things like that. And it's weird because they do that sometimes for some of the consumer stuff, but then on the enterprise side, they're very, very much more focused on the, the partners and actually talking about them and the deals and, and the different software kind of initiatives that they have together. So it is kind of an interesting disconnect there for them. Blaze, what are some of your thoughts on, on this overall series of videos? Obviously good to have it there. What kind of channels do you think they're using to actually kind of show them in terms of the people seeing it? Is it people in your forums or are they using them on maybe like enterprise sales back channels and websites that they distribute to corporate customers and they get to see it? I think it's a lot of stuff basically like you know, when it comes down to it, it's like the back channels. I mean, a lot of the stuff that goes on, everyday consumers don't necessarily get anyway, so they're not going to go ahead and put it out there. But I think, I think there's a lot of stuff. Um, especially when it comes to the the size and the scope of enterprise applications that we don't necessarily see that side of like how many how many applications have been specifically built by specific companies to be able to go ahead and use on BlackBerry 10 devices that we may never even know actually exist right for all we know there could be a whole ecosystem of apps behind there that we don't even fully recognize or understand right so I think there are certain scenarios where there there there's probably more of a push in that area I don't think uh, you know I I don't think BlackBerry how do I how do I say it? I don't think BlackBerry is be nice. <laughs> well, I'm trying I'm trying to be nice, but I don't think BlackBerry is as lazy 
on the enterprise side uh, of promotion as they are on the consumer side of promotion. I think when it comes to getting their message across to businesses and enterprises, there's a lot going on that we don't see as consumers because as consumers, we're looking for those TV commercials. We're looking for those blog posts that attract us there, but that's not how the enterprise or business side of the world exists. They they have these meetings. They have these showcases that they can do where they can essentially, you know, per, they can put together an application and show, you know, potential partners how to be able to go ahead and utilize these things within their organizations at the best possible way, right? Um, and we don't get to see any of that stuff because, again, we're we're not on that side of the equation. We're we're constantly just looking for the commercials and the the ads. And if there's no ads or anything like that, then we're we're like, what the hell? Where is all the content? But I don't. Again, it, the the nicest way I can say it is that I don't think BlackBerry is as lazy on the enterprise side as what they are on the consumer side. Yeah. And you guys can. I mean, I'm pretty sure people will flip out and say that I'm calling BlackBerry lazy, but whatever. That's just how I see it at this point. Yeah, someone, someone's typing away. I can hear them all the way over here. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze said, what? No. But, you know, it's one of those things that is always good that they're continuing to do at the very least. And I would happen to agree with you, Blaze. I don't know if lazy is the right word, but I think they definitely put more value in that enterprise marketing than yeah. in any kind of consumer marketing. <laughs> Alex is going crazy in this live chat right now. Sorry. You, you guys. <laughs> Three-fourths of us are static pictures. Come on. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Do yourself up a little bit. Like, come on. It's once a week. It's because Blaze is hungover. Brandon hungover. I'm emaciated as we speak. That's that's totally why. <laughs> and Alex is was dancing earlier, so he's probably hungover. <laughs> but... No, at the end of the day, I think it's one of those things for BlackBerry that as long as they continue to focus on the channels that they are seeing success, because we have seen every earnings call now that they're throwing thousands upon thousands of new enterprise clients into their mix. So this type of stuff is working. The kind of marketing that they are doing to at least get these new customers through their M&A strategy and everything is continuing to work for them. So as long as they can kind of keep at these different things, enterprise series such as this will continue to be a value add for them because it just backs up and creates a digital story of what their solutions are and how they can benefit said enterprises. So it's good to see that. In terms of updates, uh, this wasn't on our topic list because it's, it was BB10 related, but then I realized we run a, a podcast that is uh, you know, about BlackBerry, <laughs> and BlackBerry 10 is still wholly relevant to that end. Uh, Twitter got an update. Uh, John Chen had been talking about this. Awesome to actually see this update come through. Haven't used it. Haven't actually charged a BB10 device to actually go use it. I was kind of perplexed at the change log, Blaze. I don't know if you want to uh, fill us in on the specific changes on that Twitter for BlackBerry update because we actually got some new features. If uh, if I'm reading this correctly. Well, they're not necessarily new features. They're features that should have been in the app for yes. quite a period of time. But uh, basically, they updated the the likes and the favor buttons so that it's more in in line with. Um, you know what Twitter is actually using these days. So if you if you go to the the app, you get uh, support for direct messages up to ten thousand characters. Um, they finally removed 
Ellen's Samsung selfie. So basically they removed the discover and the activity timelines uh, from the app. And again, they they replaced the, uh, the like and the liked with favorites and uh, the heart icon and such. And there's various other bug fixes in there, but... Um, not going to go ahead and dance around the subject. I mean, the update itself needs an update because it seems as though that somebody forgot to actually include the trending topic. So in their, in their addressing the, the obsolete functions, they sort of removed the trending topic section from, from the app so nobody can actually view what is trending on Twitter right now. And isn't that the point of Twitter, kind of, just a little, you know, to yeah. see what's trending based off those hashtags and things like that? <laughs> kind of. I mean, that's really, it's not how I use Twitter, but I can totally understand anybody who is frustrated over trending topics being removed. <laughs> like, it just seems like, wait a minute, <laughs> why is that missing? I mean, on Android and iOS, tapping on the search button uh, brings up the uh, the trending topics within like the actual search functionality like you can type in whatever it is that you want to search but it also shows you the trending topics but yeah. on Twitter for BlackBerry 10 it only shows you previous searches which you know I mean it does seem as though that it, it's pretty it's probably just an oversight but who put together the app that there's no trending topics like. How do you remove one of the core features? That just seems silly. I was saying, uh, was saying in our in our, in our very low chat that I think uh, John Ched tried his hand at BB10 app development and yeah. might, might have updated himself. Hence the error yep. there. John John's not very big on trending topics, so he didn't know <laughs> it was important. <laughs> at least he didn't like set it up so that John Chen is always trending in the <laughs> Twitter app. You know, but but Twitter, even like the Android variant of it, isn't really that great from like a usability standpoint. I feel like they've never really had much going on for them. So like BlackBerry 10 experience on Twitter was actually you know better to an extent functionality wise than the Android version. And they actually hired Twitter. Actually, just hired you know the guy that made Talon. It's a third party Twitter app. Yeah. They just mm -hmm. brought him internally. They hired him, and now they're totally revamping the Android t Twitter app because they're like, it's a, it's a bad app. Like the workflow is well, not, it, the usability not, is not great. Well, they're not really focusing on. It's they're almost kind of treating their Twitter app now like how BlackBerry treats BBM channels. Uh, they're not really like yeah. paying attention to it because they're trying to spur subscriber growth with other apps like Periscope and, and some other features that they're coming out with, uh, especially when you look at things like they just signed a deal to show NFL, to stream NFL games on Thursday nights in the upcoming season. So I, I feel like mm. they're still a fairly small company, and the reason they haven't done much is because they're kind of trying to build up their, their numbers. Yeah. Numbers. Uh, yeah, it's, I guess that's a bit besides the point, but yeah. I mean, the uh, I think the app is all right. I mean, I mean, what more do you really want from no, Twitter just, at this point, right? Like the other fact, than more followers. Just the fact that like the the notifications and things like that's at the top. So like when you're using your phone, you have like okay, I can quickly tweet, send a picture, or go to or send an image. And like realistically, I want to be able to quickly go to my mentions and what activity is going on, and, the, and it's like it's such a stretch that at least on BlackBerry 10 you swipe to the left and you can go and see 
or no, 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 I, I don't remember the layout for BlackBerry 10, but it was better than that. It was easier to get to your notifications and mentions and things. So. <laughs> well, yeah, it was mainly based on the form factor and stuff like that and how they had it actually laid out, but, you know, they they literally went and removed all of that stuff, which, yeah. you know, I get it. I totally get it because, you know, we basically made fun of them for the amount of stuff that was in there that was obsolete, but then they went ahead and they removed some of the core features that people actually love. So it's like, where's the balance, bro? (laughs) We didn't want you to remove trending topics. I mean, they're still relevant. (laughs) They should have all been BlackBerry hashtags. (laughs) That would be pretty funny. So caught up on it. Like, that would be hilarious. The search doesn't work at all, except to show you BlackBerry tags. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's it's just interesting to me. It's like, who's updating this app? Like, who who is getting a paycheck to take out trending topics? Yeah, like, it's, I don't understand. Like, somebody had to have, have at least gone through and approved that, and I don't know, maybe they didn't even realize that trending topics was gone, like... There's probably one guy working on the app, and there's oversights. Like, yeah. There's probably one guy working on the app and using black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, black doesn't have trending topics. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a pretty big oversight, though, man, Like to take out one of the absolutely core features of the app. But, I mean, uh, it is what it is, and hopefully, hopefully they'll go ahead and put it back at some point. But, I mean, for now, I mean, I don't know. Use your browser. I don't know, it's hard to... I mean, use black, I guess. <laughs> There's a couple other options. None of them are really, like, fantastic, but here we go, you know? <laughs> it wasn't even on our topic list, but I wanted to cover it anyway. Twitter for BlackBerry did get an update. So if, if you are uh, a BlackBerry 10 user, go ahead, check it out on BlackBerry World, or, you know, get black, wh- whichever. <laughs> Aside from that, I want to talk about this little... Uh, design a shirt contest you guys are doing over there at Crackberry Blaze. Why don't you tell us uh, what, what Michelle's talking about in this blog post? Oh, well, basically, we, uh, you know, when we launched the shirts before, like I said, we always wanted to, I mean, I've said it on the previous podcast, we always wanted to go ahead and offer shirts, but we didn't know exactly the best way to be able to go ahead and do it. So um, we started off with one per design, and obviously, you know, that didn't necessarily upset a bunch of people or anything like that. People who were pre-owners absolutely enjoyed it, but we figured we'd go ahead and just basically change it around this time and see what the uh, the community wanted as a shirt or, uh, you know, as a design to be used for anything like that. And, you know, we make a little bit of a contest out of it. You know, if you're if you're among the artistically inclined, then go ahead and design what it is that you would want to see on a shirt that is BlackBerry based, and uh, if you do that, and we, you know, ultimately pick yours from the uh, from all of the entries, then you get uh, a, a new CrackBerry mug, you get a CrackBerry T-shirt, you get a gift card uh, to shop CrackBerry. Plus, of course, you'll also receive uh, a T-shirt featuring your design on it. So, uh, I believe there's. Um, 13 days left to be able to go ahead and enter. So if you guys are, uh, like I said, artistically inclined and you want to be able to go ahead and see your design on a T-shirt, go ahead and submit an entry, and, uh, you know, we'll see if it it makes the cut. 
my uh, my design was already shot down by Michelle, and she was like, "No, that looks like it was drawn by a five year old." So <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're probably the last one that needs all the Crackberry swag anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Alex, on the other hand, you should see <laughs> his drawing is quite fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Maybe you guys will eventually one day see it. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, I think there's only like 29 entries, so there's plenty of plenty of room for for those who want to be able to go ahead and uh, do up a design. If you do, Pooter. Then, Pooter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's what I said. I was like, Pooter, go enter this contest. You can win some free stuff. I can just so, see yeah. his little uh, rubbing hands together sticker as like <laughs> <laughs> going to get work done. That's a cool contest for sure. If I had, you know, an artistic uh, side, I'd, you know, would enter, but I don't. That's why. Yeah, same. Hoover <laughs> makes me something because I, uh, I can't. <laughs> so aside from that, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the seeding of this beta for Priv's Marshmallow update. Isn't obviously we can't talk too much about anything, but I found it very interesting that they were very vocal, very communicative. Of you know, we're doing this in waves. We're doing small batches. And that information was out there. If you follow the right people on Twitter, that information went out about when these updates were coming. So it was really cool to see, at least. It was kind of like a, almost like a community event, and I really appreciated it because it got people engaged, it got people talking, and it got people wanting in, right? And it got yeah. people reading their beta zone profiles and things like that. So I thought it was really cool. It's the kind of stuff I wish BlackBerry did more of, you know? So I'm really glad. The way they're doing this beta is just... Kudos to them. They're doing a really good job kind of managing it. Um, if anyone is enjoying their Marshmallow update, I've seen them. There's quite a few different little things here and there that it seems like they might be holding back some updates just so that they can kind of push Marshmallow as a bigger piece of the overall BlackBerry Pie for Priv. I wonder if we'll see any kind of, you know, substantial, you know, blog post or things like that detailing some of the changes that are going to come with Marshmallow. Do you guys oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris, I, I was talking to James about this uh, the other day. Um, so essentially one of the big things that we saw from this beta, at least that has been like leaked or whatever, is they added, you know, like Instagram, Pinterest, Skype, it's Slack and everything to the hub. And I was talking to him where I was I was a little bit irked. Like, why are they holding off such large changes? Like, you guys haven't updated the hub app in so long. Why are you waiting for a major OS change? To update like some of your apps, it seems a little bit you know ridiculous. And um, Jane, I guess you, could, James, you kind of say your your side of why you think they're doing that and things. I still, it's I, I feel like they should do some minor updates at least to existing people. We haven't gotten a hub update in in ages, and it's it's a little yeah, it's bit. been like two or three months now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I'm thinking about how the Blackbird ten users feel. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Th if this is their focus right now, like that's not an excuse. I mean, I get it. Yeah, it's it's screwed up. But like, if you guys are focusing on Android right now, and you're like, we're gonna do like weekly updates, and it's been like three months since a hub update, like they never said weekly. One, two. Well, I think this is their first Android phone, if if I'm correct, and they probably want to get it right rather than get it out there and just patch it, patch it, patch it. Because that kind of can leave a pretty nasty taste in people's mouth if when they get a cool update, it doesn't work or it sucks the battery. And, and they, you know, as as much as a beta as some of the BlackBerry software is, people don't want it to feel that way. I'd rather they test and, and do all of this stuff ahead of time as opposed to throw me a hub app that 
you know, just performs really, really bad. I mean, they've had to update the Pub app just to get it to a decent area of performance where it is now. Throwing in a bunch of other accounts that may or may not be battle-tested might be worse off than anything. I think with Marshmallow, some of the biggest things is the overall performance, the battery with Doze and things like that, just the general stuff we know with Marshmallow already. So I feel like it's probably a more solid OS for them to start then throwing features onto the you know those apps. For instance, they threw slow motion in the camera. Yeah. yeah. Could, could they have thrown it earlier? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But the implementation they have now is not super super refined by any means. You know, it's got no. one. Oh, got it's one, it got one speed. It, you know, it's really weird about it too. I used it for the first time the other day and. I recorded, and it said that it was nine minutes long. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I felt like I recorded longer than nine minutes, whatever. So I'm watching the playback, and it says, like, one second, two <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not right. And I uploaded it to Google Photos, and it said it was 28 minutes long. So it was counting in slow motion. It was, like, slow motion nine minutes. Like, I don't even know how they – it's like, no. It, the video is 27 minutes long, and you're pretending it's nine minutes. Like – I I don't know. There, there's a, it's a little bit weird, but uh, I, I see what you're saying. That, that is the most ghetto slow motion I've ever heard. Yeah, it's, it is weird, but I don't know. I, I guess I can see it, and I guess using use it as an incentive too, because I know a lot of people don't like update. Like my aunt, for instance, she hates whenever BBM updates or whatever. My my mom too. They're like, should I update? And it's like, yeah, like why not? And they're like, I don't want to break anything. It's like, no. It's like it's an update to improve performance and things. Don't worry about that. And I guess a lot of people are, they don't really want to change. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So, like, at least with the hub, if you get a lot more functionality in Marshmallow, then it's like, no, 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 mom, update to Marshmallow when the, she gets the chance because you're going to get all this additional functionality in the hub because, mom, I know you use Slack all the time at work. She doesn't. But um, I, could, I can see how they can use that to actually push people to update as well. With the whole Facebook and now the Twitter thing, I can understand people's hesitation with not wanting to go ahead and update. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh man, my yeah, my my aunt never updated Facebook, and she said her phone got screwed up really badly. And I was like, "Did you ever update Facebook?" She said, "No." She's been using the existing BlackBerry 10 app, and I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore." So I'm not surprised that your phone crashed and saying something about Facebook. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well. I can't wait till we get Snapchat in the hub, guys. <laughs> that will break. Yeah, is that even possible? That uh, that wouldn't even be possible. I don't think. I don't it know. Could. It probably would be possible, but basically, it probably it just launched the. Yeah, it probably wouldn't really do. That. I rem- I remember when. Uh, launch the app. I remember when Nemory built. Yeah, Snapchat chat was in. The, it it worked fairly well. It was in the hub, like you could just straight up read stuff in the hub, and it was like terrible, like in terms of performance. Like the hub could not handle it, but it was awesome. No, but it was cool to have it. Like it worked, but yeah, it it did not run the best. <laughs> it was not meant for it. It was like the full application in a hub. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it would glitch, and you can't even like get back to the hub. You have to like reset it. Yeah. Oh, oh boy, BlackBerry ten. Good times, good times. Yeah. You know, I, I can just see Brandon right now like, downloading that Twitter for BlackBerry update. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of yeah. frustrating. Like, you update the Facebook app and you make it worse. You update the Twitter app, you take features out. It's like... Yeah, like, trending topics wasn't working for, like, how long? Like, a year or something? I was looking at Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> like, taking a picture at, what, like, the Oscars or something? Yeah. Or? The funny thing is, is that the, the 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 Twitter app update is actually good. Like, 
it works perfectly fine. It's just yeah. that with that minor exception of the fact that they took out trending topics, it's, you know, it really is a good update. <laughs> it's also kind of dumb because, like, the like one of the key things about Twitter is it's not just, you know, looking at the tweets. It's also looking at what people are talking about, getting a pulse on, on what everybody's tweeting about and talking about. So without that trending topics list, you kind of lose something that's that's pretty key to a lot of people in, in certain industries, right? Yeah, the Crackberry account has been like constantly nonstop. Where did my trending topics go? Where did my trending topics go? It's like, uh, the update needs an update. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's really a non-issue since it wasn't working for so long, so I'm sure everybody is kind of, you know, path of least resistance. They've kind of found their alternative already. So, I mean, them taking it out if anything, makes it a bit of a cleaner experience. Um, what yeah, else, what else can you justify, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. What I, that's what I kind of felt. I'm, I'm like believing it, too. Like, oh, yeah. I was just going to be like, ah, <laughs> this is better no, for the user. <laughs> yeah. This makes people, the app better. People get, people get less confused when they use the app now because <laughs> it's, uh, it's a simpler design. There's no uh, swiping between trending topics and stuff. It works less like the Android version, so people like it more. <laughs> this is a true native app. You know what we also lost? We also lost the uh, that other sheet that shows who got mentioned or like who mentioned who, like uh, people you follow. Mm. Yeah, that was the activity page. Oh, uh, yeah. Isn't that kind of needed? I'm sorry. Let's just move on from the topic entirely. Yeah. I can't even anymore. <laughs> I want to thank our patron subscribers who continue to help us out on the monthly to keep this podcast going. One of our new patron subscribers who just subscribed last week, Tim, had an awesome question on our upstream private BBM channel. I'm going to float this one your way, Alex, because I feel like you are our resident uh, Android expert. Just kidding. Uh, Tim asks, is there any chance that BlackBerry might work with Android to bring back the optical trackpad classic form factor that could also serve as a fingerprint scanner? with warnings from DTEK, etc. If Google is merging Chrome OS and Android, I'm assuming this means that there must be the OS infrastructure for trackpad slash cursor. The trackpad on my classic is great when you only have one hand free. What are some of your thoughts on that, Alex? I, I don't know. I'm just kind of at the point where, like, a phone isn't really, like, my, like you can take a a mouse and keyboard and hook it up to your phone and it's overkill and it's not very useful. The OS isn't built for that and even once they do merge like Chrome OS and everything, I just don't know if it makes sense on a phone anyway. A trackpad, I, I like the idea more so having the, the keyboard work as a trackpad which it does right now on Android to an extent. I feel like them improving upon that functionality would be better than you know having a, a standalone trackpad fingerprint reader uh, fingerprint sensor. I, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I I don't know. I I just personally, I'm I don't really feel like I want to navigate my phone with a little cursor on the screen. Or if I did, you know, do something with a trackpad already, which does its kind of fun stuff that that works fairly well. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about that. I'm not someone that's always been about the trackpad. So someone else would probably have a better, or maybe some one of you guys is more interested in having a trackpad, but I'm not totally dying for one right now, personally. Do you at least think, like, 
an infrastructure will be there in Chrome OS and or future versions of Android to to at least enable something like that? Or is that something BlackBerry might have to kind of engineer all their I own? I think they, I mean, you know, Google Android uh, open source project, like it, or ASOP, A open source, whatever, whatever yeah. it's called, AOSP a- or whatever. <laughs> like, they can go in there, like BlackBerry, if they really want to, and they can go in and build in the hooks to make it work. So, like, cursor support is supported in that, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. But they would probably want to keep it prior, or, uh, proprietary. And then once you start doing that, like, that's just another thing they have to update. And, like, okay, now we have Android L, and now we have to make sure that it's working properly here. And it's, like, now we're they just merged uh, Chrome OS with Android. Now we have to make it working here. I just feel like it's another thing they would have to maintain because no other manufacturers care about it. No other manufacturers are going to do it. It's BlackBerry. So I feel like... I don't know if it would be in their interest to have to deal with dealing with one more thing keeping up to date. I just don't know if it's worth it. Because the functionality right now with the physical trackpad, like it doesn't even work in every app and it has some flaws here and there. It's like they couldn't even get that right. Do you really want to deal with them having to do a whole nother thing and keep another thing updated? Maybe eventually. I just don't feel like they have the resources yet or it makes enough sense to do it yet. But uh- I, I agree with you on the kind of sigh of pain in a pain point that it would be. I also think that a fingerprint scanner on the front of a device in a position to do a little bit more than a general fingerprint scanner. So you know, like Touch ID is also the home button. Yeah, no, it don't, definitely makes sense to do something else with it too. Yeah. Isn't there like a Motorola device? I think it was like the Motorola G4 fourth generation or something like that. It that leaked. It basically looks like it has a trackpad, which acts as a fingerprint scanner or something. I'm pretty sure I saw it leak the other day. Wouldn't surprise me. I think there is a kind of a bigger, broader point to the. And it's not just the trackpad as well on Classic that I think makes that form factor. It's the whole utility bill. And I feel like as a push, yeah. a, a, an additive therein, I think it would make a lot of sense. I honestly really liked the torch that had the the track, the tool belt and all of that at the very bottom. I thought that phone was great looking. Uh, it wasn't the, the slider version. It was just like the all-touch torch that had that at the bottom because you still had, you still had the full touch screen. And then if you wanted that fine control, you had it. And again, as Tim says, trackpad on my classic is great when you only have one hand free. And that happens a lot for people who are on the go who still want that fine cursor control. So I would definitely think something like that would be pretty cool. Could they make it happen? I'm sure if they wanted to, they could. Yeah, I think it's just about resources at the moment, and I don't know if... Yeah, I don't think they want to add anything to it that requires too much... Uh, resource intensivity yeah. on their own side. Mm-hmm. That G4 crazy looking. That is bizarre. What? Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> the Moto G fourth gen plus. Oh boy. I didn't even. That's like a low end phone. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Man, oh man. I wish BlackBerry kind of made low-end phones. I really do, just for market share. Like, and I know it doesn't, you know, build your brand prestige whatsoever. But I just, if you're gonna go Android, you're gonna go the market share route, you know. 
do that. That's where Android thrives. That's where that 80% market share comes from even, you know, a lot of those low-end devices. Brandon, do you think going low-end really makes sense for BlackBerry? Should they keep to the middle, the high-end, where they've been for the longest time? I would like a low-end device personally, just because the way I see it now is that, I don't know, I just don't see people, maybe I'm, in my own use case, I just don't see a need to need like a super powerful device. If I'm just going to use it as a mobile device, I just don't see a need for needing a, a super powerful device. Now, if there is you know, more of this mobile computing stuff that we were talking about last week in the after show, if that started to get incorporated a bit more, then yeah, I can see why it might be enticing to get a high-end device. But for, I don't know, I think for probably the vast majority of people out there, especially the type of people who'd be using BlackBerry today, they use it as a power user, but not in terms of, like, power user in a smart way, not power user as in they need raw power to get stuff done. They just need the device to have those key things to help them get things done quicker. That doesn't necessarily translate into needing higher processing power. They just need to have that overlaying layer of, of BlackBerry Android on there, like improved hub and things like that, to help them get work done better. So but I think if they can come out with a low-end device but provide those key advantages, I think they definitely have an opportunity there. To sell I mean, product. and Android is is heavy though. Like it, regardless of what you have, it's it gets laggy at times, and you got to restart it here and there and everything. And like, so I feel like specs are always a good thing to add to it. But yeah. there's the whole scenario too, where my aunt they have a physical computer. I think they bought it in 2008, and I tried to set up Google Photos so she could have all of her pictures backed up. And oh my god, opening the browser took like three minutes for it to show up. And like, this is what she's using. And yes, she's a little annoyed by it, but I've been using, for the past like six years, I've been using a computer that immediately launches a browser and I can immediately do stuff. So like, there are a lot of people who, they like, they don't care that stuff's slow and they like don't know, but once you get to a point where everything is immediate, when things aren't immediate, it's very frustrating. So I could totally see mid people who have always used mid-range devices or low-end devices, that's what they're used to. But like, if they used a high-end device, I feel like they would never be able to go back to a lower mid-range device. Yeah, they'd so want to go, like they go back and end up wanting to shoot themselves or yeah, somebody. Exactly. It's, so, so it's kind of like how I feel when I use slow internet. I'm like, oh yeah, my god, I just yes. want to kill someone. Yeah. So answer me this, Alex. I was always yeah. under the assumption that a lot of that lagginess you referred to is more to do with kind of this bloatware software that's put on the devices when you get it, and it's not so much stock Android's fault, but more of these third-party OEMs who who just pack it up with with stuff that isn't necessary. No, I I think it's needed, right more than that. Like you even even in Windows, I mean it's never bad to kind of wipe the computer every few years or something. Things just slow down. You yeah. like I it, it's just regardless and I I'm sure like I have a lot of apps installed on my phone unnecessarily, so I I know some of these apps are probably causing some of the slowdown and if I go like what is running in the background, you can actually see um instances that are like genuinely running in the background. I'm not talking about like you know recent tabs or anything. I mean like genuinely there are some apps that kind of run in the background and I could force stop them and it does improve the performance a little bit. So there are problems with apps just using too much, you know, 
of the processing power in the background doing their own thing, and that's a problem. So if you don't have a ton of apps installed, that's one thing. But I know with Marshmallow and uh, N that's coming out, they have done a lot to limit the amount of power that apps can do. So like you have some apps that every five minutes they go and check for an update, or every hour they check for an update. Well, M and N, they are both limiting it so like you're only able when the app is not open or running in the background you're only able to do like a pull request every six hours like they, they give limitations now and I think that's because there's just too many apps draining battery and using unnecessary processing power and just problems in the background because have, you have so many apps so many different types of app developers doing things their own way sometimes it's not right and it's just gonna lag down the performance of it so I think it's the OS overall and the people who are building apps for the OS, and you kind of need apps on the OS to, to have it complete enough. I need, like, a photo editing app because there's nothing native in there, or a video editing app because it's not native in there. Now I need to figure it out, and they probably didn't build it the best, so you're going to run into problems. The way I see it is that all these things are basically small computers, and, you know, when it comes down to it, no matter what you do, the more stuff that you try and jam onto a device, the more problems that you're essentially going to have with it, whether it be a high-end device or a low-end device or whatever. I mean, the the problem itself has existed throughout computers throughout the ages. I mean, yeah. computers are messy, messy things. I mean, when you install an application and basically leave it running or whatever, it could hog up all the resources. And you know from working with computers that, like, when you uninstall an app, no app totally uninstalls itself. Yeah, there's it stuff that's stuff. left around in the registry that you don't even know about. There's you know folders, there's text files, there's configuration files, and all of that stuff has carried over through the ages to phones, you know, the, from, from computers to the phones and PDAs, whatever. It's yeah. is problematic throughout the whole system. That's why that's why all of these stupid, like, clean me apps and shit like that basically exist and survive and actually people believe in them because of the fact that, like, this is a real problem. It's just general gunk and buildup within an operating system and it all leads down. Um, and that goes for, for whatever device you're on. Like, you know, it, it, whether it be a high-end device or a low-end device, you know, that stuff basically leads your low-end device to act more low-end, and it makes your yeah. high-end device act more low-end, right? So Yeah, whenever a brand-new, like, Android phone comes out, you hear people talk about, like, oh, my God, this is so quick, and, oh, it's incredible, and everyone's like, shut up. Tell us in two weeks how it is, because, like, right when you get a phone, it's it's always going to be speeding quick and things. Yeah. And, like, it, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, my, my aunt right now, she's still on the Q10, and now on a weekly basis, I'm getting a message from her, like, the the browser is not working properly. What's going on? Or like this, the browser keeps crashing when I'm using it for three minutes. And I'm like, all I can tell her is, your phone is really old. You just need to get a new phone. Like, I mean, you can either wipe it and try and fix it, but I know you don't want to deal with wiping the device. I would be the one having to wipe the device and reset everything up. I don't want to do that. Just get a new. You phone. don't want to do it, man. No, I help her with all of this stuff and just do it. Like, it's such a hassle wiping something and then reconfiguring everything. It, that's a huge investment to do. And it's Don't you know that's your job as a, as a millennial, Alex? That's basically your <laughs> job. Yeah. To wipe devices and fix computers. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> as Joe Manuel says in our uh, chat here, it's your fault, Alex. Yeah, 
you're right. It is his fault. Look, you're the reason our phone's laggy because you borrowed our Q10 and we're on some nasty websites. <laughs> you loaded Snap to chat. You screwed up her head. Now it's all <laughs> over, man. Uh, I hope she's not watching this, like on her Q10. No. Oh wait, shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> You can't mark something as spam on on BlackBerry 10 unless you sync the spam folder. So she was telling me she was getting all the spam email, so I went and marked one of the emails as spam, and by doing that you have to drag it to the spam folder, but then that syncs the spam folder, so she was like, all the spam is popping up in my hub now, and there's this new folder icon, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to remove everything. Like... I'm not, I'm so, I try and fix something, and now she's like, this is different. I don't know what now, and it's... It's pretty okay. terrible. Like, I know there's people out there that make jokes about it and everything like that, but it's like when you really do have a lot of problems with your device, I don't even... I don't understand why people just don't wipe it and yeah. start... Oh, my God. I mean, that is ultimately... It's, because the, it's the exhausting. I, it's exhausting. That's such I an had, like. I had like the most like ridiculous experience when I first got on the BB10. Like three months after I got the device, literally I had just the stock uh, like OS. I never did a leak or anything. And then one day I got like a lot of messages on Facebook. And then literally, and then like my hub just like blew up. Like it, it wouldn't load anything. I yep. tried doing a full restart, everything, resetting the device, factory reset, and it wouldn't fix it at all. The only thing that fixed it was uh, hard installing a, a leak. And that actually, <laughs> yeah, I guess that kind of wiped everything out and installed a new OS, right? Yeah. And it's Blow like, everything out with a new OS. Yeah, well, an, it, like, BlackBerry 10 works really well, like, I'd say 99% of the time. But when there's, like, one issue, like, it can get pretty, uh, yes. pretty heated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you said your hub exploded. Like, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> It nuked out on me. Yeah, those autoloaders, you know, it's unfortunate because half those stock OSs were terrible. <laughs> and you needed an autoloader. Yeah, you needed the leaks and the autoloaders. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. I can't wait till we get a 10.3.3 autoloader. <laughs> it's going to it's gonna say, like, NIAP certified and then just reload the same OS. <laughs> you know, I saw this... My OS loaded in two seconds. What the hell? <laughs> No, I have certified. There's nothing on it. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I saw this crazy interview with John Chen, and I don't know if it was like a joke interview or what. I th- it might have been a, like a legit interview, <laughs> but I watched it. It was like 14 minutes long, and he talks about. He's basically defending that BB10 is not dead. BB10 is definitely still very, very important to BlackBerry. And the interviewer is like, okay, so you know, you're keeping that obviously for the enterprise side. He's like, yeah, we're hoping with the NIAP certification and some of the security certifications coming that we're going to be able to keep selling more BB10. And then, you know, then the interviewer is like, well, you know, you're not going to actually launch any new phones with BB10, right? And he's like, you know, you know, maybe after 10.3.3, and I just or 10.3.4, you know, we'll look at new hardware. And I, I just like laughed out loud in the interview because I like didn't believe it. It it's like seems a little bit uh, disingenuous to even tell people that in an interview, even though the interview like was not with a major outlet whatsoever, and it was you know one of those offhand things that John Chen says. It just makes me wonder like how much more selling potential do they have for BlackBerry 10 devices with the NIAP certification? 
you know, it doesn't seem like it's one of those things that really is going to move the needle to any major degree. I, I assume the, a lot of the governments who are already using Blackberries are already using them regardless of the NIAP certification. So is this something that's just going to get it to a, a higher tier kind of on the U.S. government side? What do you guys think in terms of this 10.3.3 update that, you know, is unfortunately delayed now? When is it coming? Summertime? Yeah. Does anybody care? I think it was June. Does oh, anybody care no. if it's delayed? There's a lot of people out there who desperately need their NIAP certification. <laughs> you, like right now, man, like if you say that it's delayed, they're going to freak again. Really? They need that NIAP certification. Yeah, they want to beta test it and everything, man. <laughs> I can't tell. I felt like I felt like you're joking at first, but I then I feel like it's serious. I mean, obviously, I'm joking at it, it, it at it being something crucially important. But legitimately, there are people out there yeah. that are like, "Dude, why don't we have this in beta testing?" It well, don't have it in beta testing because it's not something that you can beta. Yeah, yeah. You can't legally even beta test it. That would be like putting you know, confidential confidential information at risk and shit like that. Like, you can't beta test the security certification. Like, what if there is something wrong with the OS? And the certification doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. Like, they remove <laughs> It's obviously something that needs to be addressed internally. It needs to be tested internally. And the people who actually have access or any sort of requirement to those sort of things need to be testing it out. It's not meant for general consumption. But, like I said, there are people out there who are like, why aren't we beta testing this OS? Because it's not important to you. <laughs> you I, tweeted, I tweeted that the other day. I was like, when's this 10.3.3 beta? And everyone's like, for real. When's it coming? <laughs> Like um, I was definitely kidding. I'm so sorry that you. Uh, yeah, my bad. I am so sorry I brought that up. <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm on Twitter. Uh, never again. Now I know why I don't. Uh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> it's interesting tonight on 60 Minutes. It looks like Blackberry is going to be showing off SecuSuite, the eavesdropping demo, which is pretty cool. That's kind of awesome. Now I got to find the 60 Minutes episode. Can you download those on Torrent sites? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know what you can't download on Torrent sites? <laughs> of the Apprentice. I just don't. I don't know why I can't find them. Well, I think everybody turned against <laughs> Donald Trump or something like that. We don't want nothing to do with Trump. Delete all of the crap. <laughs> We're not even talking about it right now. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, let's get on this after show. We covered this week. We covered it better than it deserved to be covered, I think. Yes, yes yeah. So. You have till April 30th midnight to get those Crackberry designs in. So if you have something you fancy on a shirt, head over to Crackberry, check out that blog post. Go submit your file, man. Uh, it's going to be better than Blaze's five-year-old drawing, so at you know, the very least you're going to have a better chance of getting it in than he <laughs> I might just uh, toss one in there on a, under an alias or something, like J.K. Rowling, and uh, see what <laughs> Damn, now I can't use that one. Uh, it'd be cool if we got, like, a little, like, someone did a caricature of Blaze and put it on a shirt. That would be something. I would buy that. Someone do that. You know what? I gotta, I gotta go talk to Pooter right now. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta start scheming on this contest. I want the mug. That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me the mug, please. <laughs> Just give me the mug. You can keep the shirt. 
I want the month. But yes, April 30th. You guys have the end of the month to get that in. 13 more days. Anyways, gentlemen, always appreciate having you on. And I was going to make a joke about Brandon's passport in the large screen, but I'll save it for the after show. It was a really, <laughs> good, a really good one. Uh, I really just hope they like don't accidentally take the hub out on 10.3.3. Oh, like, my uh, God. People are going in the browser for, for different things. You know, I did get some feedback off of our last after show, and everyone says Blend is still working, so. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, I mean, my remote file access hasn't worked in two years, but at least <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, gentlemen, always good to talk to you guys on the weekly. We'll catch you guys next week. I want to say this for our patron subscribers. For those at the, the pledged tier, we're going to be doing an open invite for you guys to come on episode number 100 of the show. So you're going to see, see some postings about that as we all get in preparation. So I'm and, and if you're in Toronto, you can come chill with me and have some beers with me and Ronell. We did it any time of year. They're there. <laughs> Unless Brandon's over in Spain getting shwasted. But uh, yeah. yes, that, that is a... That's a semi-open invite. Ronell's pretty tall and domineering, so uh, you, you'll, be, uh, <laughs> you'll be in good hands. <laughs> anyway, guys, have a good rest of your night. Later. Later. Peace.